This is Masonic Muscle episode 31. I don't know what to call this, but I, I've been gone for a while. I know. Apologies, apologies. I've got a lot of things going on. A bunch of stuff started happening. And uh, here I am back at it again. So Masonic Muscle Mondays. Here we are, man. Get at it. Have you been exercising? Have you been reading your ciphers? Have you been reading anything on Masonic education? You know, educating your mind, history, the origins, the, you know, the, the symbols. What, what have you guys been doing? So real quick, um, we had Dia de los Muertos. Our family has been celebrating that for many, many years. And that's the Day of the Dead. And for those of you Masons out there who have been studying a little bit and uh, understand a little bit about the symbols, you understand that the skull and bones has been a part of Freemasonry for a long, long time. So Dia de los Muertos, skull and bones, Memento Mori, it's all related. And we had a great time. We were at my mom and dad's house. Almost everybody showed up. We built an altar to our uh, dearly departed, our deceased. And uh, it was beautifully done by my mom. Um, some of my aunts, I pitched in a little bit. Uh, some cousins, they brought their photos of uh, some of their relatives so we can put on there. And we put the offerings, the water, the, uh, you know, some food, some cigarettes, some some tequila, uh, you know, some shots. Uh, and we put it in front of the pictures of the members that we know that like to drink. And, you know, for you Masons, the skull and bones, for us Masons, that's memento mori. Remember, you will die. And, and it, ha it has to be a, a very, very uh, serious study into that so that we begin to break away from from the idea that it's something negative and something evil uh, because it's a skull and bones and it looks morbid and stuff like that. You got, you know, we start breaking away from that. And I know there's a uh, Ryan holiday out there and he's a, a part of the a stoic philosophy club. And he wrote a couple of books. He's written a couple of books. He's got a website. He's got a podcast and he really has tapped into this memento mori aspect and he does an excellent job of describing what it is, why it's important. And he even sells a little coin on his website. If you go to a store, the Memento Mori, uh, remember, you will die or keep death before your eyes, some, something like that. So that's what happened there. Also here in California, we had Grand Lodge communication. And I did not attend. Uh, they were asking... Uh, for everybody to be vaccinated, everybody to wear a mask. And so there are some people that are still um, not gonna, you know, not doing it, not getting the, not getting the jab. Um, they're still waiting uh, to see what else happens. And now we have this Omicron variant. And all I can say about it, uh, gentlemen, brothers, and non-members is this. The flu virus has been with us for a very long, long time, and it keeps mutating. This is why we can't get rid of it. This is why every winter, getting close to winter, we have the, you know, the booster shots, come and get your booster shots. So this is what a virus does. It continues to mutate. It wants to stay alive, and it wants to, 
you know, have a host. So it behooves it itself. It's in its best interest to mutate and become less lethal uh, most of the time so that it can survive inside the host. That's how I understand it. As simple as that is. Um, go and do your research. You know, do, do a responsible research and mature research and come to your own conclusions. But that's why that's one of the reasons why I didn't attend. But some interesting things came out of Grand Lodge, uh, this communication. And one of them was that uh, because of these lockdowns and because Grand Lodge was just going along with whatever the governor said. And uh, they they got a lot of they got a lot of uh, pushback and a lot of pressure coming from the members asking why we had to adhere to any of that. And so the grandmaster gave directives. They were not edicts. They were not orders. It was a directive and caused a lot of confusion. And because of the questioning and the going back and forth, Grand Lodge decided to reiterate what we already knew. And that is that every lodge is autonomous. And because we vote for our own members, our own officials, our own leaders, that autonomous lodge will will manage itself the way it sees fit the best to the best of its ability to the uh according to the knowledge that they have but they and it, even if you go back to anderson's constitutions masons if you ever read that you would have seen that it specifies right in the constitutions that a lodge uh, a master can convene his lodge whenever he deems fit, even in states of emergency. And isn't that what we were in? So think, brethren, think, use your little lizard brains. So because of that, part of one of the legislations that they, the resolutions that they, uh, that was proposed and it passed was that because the lodges are autonomous and we are allowed to run our own lodges and meet when we deem it is fit outside of what is stated in your charter. Um, they also put down that the lodges, we can now vote and change our bylaws to meet quarterly because a lot of lodges, they don't have a lot of activity or the ones that have too much activity and are burning their members out, you know, and, and I don't know how they were burning their members out this last year and a half. Nobody did anything. Well, I can't say nobody, like, but a, a good majority, they, they did not do anything. But they've given the lodges the opportunity now to vote to meet no less than four times. Going back to ancient times, Anderson's Constitution, right, to the four quarterly feasts, um, you know, past legislations and stuff like that. So that, that was pretty cool. Uh, my own... Uh, Research going into the monastic origins of masonry, I've continued them. So I'm going to be having stuff for you guys on that over the next couple of episodes. But what I wanted to talk to you guys about right now before we get into anything was, again, because it's Masonic muscle and it's not only about, you know, you're increasing your, your Masonic muscle intellectually, but also physically. And one of the sources that I love to go to is Brooks Cubic and Brooks Cubic dinosaur training. I believe I introduced him 
<clears throat> excuse me, not too long ago, maybe a uh, in a episode or two ago, and you know barrel lifting, heavy barrel lifting, you know these one-handed heavy dumbbell lifts, awkward, you know balance, and you know just strengthening your core and going back to basics. You know the the basic squat, push, pull. He's a firm believer in that. He's an older man now though, but you can find his videos when he was younger, and you can just see how powerful a frame he had. But uh, in the latest uh, article that he put out, somebody asked, does abbreviated training really work? I've talked about abbreviated training. And abbreviated training is you just focus on the basics. What I just said, a squat, a push, and a pull. These are compound movements. They work out multiple muscles at the same time, taking advantage and, and being the most efficient with your time. So that's called an abbreviated training little routine. You know, and, and an example would be what I'm doing right now. I do a kettlebell squat, you know, squats. And then I follow that up with some uh, bar dips, weighted bar dips. When I'm done with that, I do some pull-ups, work on my back. And when I'm done with all of that, if I have any more juice left in me, I will do some maybe a combination of cardio, uh, something to get my heart rate elevated, right? And get my metabolism kicking. But someone asked, does it work? And here's what he said. He said, uh, yesterday I received an email from a reader who asked whether abbreviated training really works. Apparently, he's been reading stuff on the internet that tells him he has to follow long, frequent workouts to make any sort of meaningful progress. So let me offer a counter view to the interweb stuff. <laughs> I like how he says that, interweb. <laughs> I'll make it very simple. I'll give it to you in six short words, and they even rhyme. So that will make it very easy to remember. If you overtrain, you won't gain. Period. End of story. And that's what the interweb whiz kids all forget. It's not just how hard you train. It's how you recover from your training. No recovery means no gains in strength and muscle mass. Most trainees start off making good gains, in part because they're not strong enough to overtrain. But as they grow stronger and better conditioned, they start to overdo things. And at that point, their progress comes crashing to a halt. My trainees train for years without making any progress because they overdo things Oh, many, I'm sorry, many trainees, not his trainees, because they do things in the gym. They overdo things in the gym and they are barely able to stay even, much less to make significant gains in strength and muscle mass. Go to any gym in the world and you'll see this happen over and over. It probably happens to 99% of trainees at the typical gym and no one seems to be able to figure it out, which is amazing because the answer is very simple and very obvious. Train less, but train harder and heavier. So when someone asks me, does abbreviated training really work? The answer is this. Number one, yes, it does. And number two, try it and see for yourself. And remember, there's an entire army of dinosaurs around the world who have found that abbreviated training brought them the best results of their entire lives. If it worked for them, it will work for you. As always, Thanks for reading and have a great day. If you train today, make it a good one.
Hell yeah. Yours in strength, Brooks Cubic. And there it is. Make it simple. If you are not gaining, if you are not making gains, you're overtraining. It's as simple as that. And I saw it happen when I used to go to the gym. I saw it happen many times. And not until I myself got a hold of these articles and books by uh, Brooks Kubik, by Stuart McRobert, by P. Raider, uh, you know, and, and really, really digested these, this philosophy and then start applying it, did I see for myself the validity of it. And that's what you got to do. You have to. And that's what I have my boys on. And anybody that comes to the dungeon here at, at, with, you know, with, at the house and trains with us, they will be introduced and encouraged to practice abbreviated training, go hard on two or three exercises, maybe. And that's it. Go home, rest well, eat well, drink enough water, and then go about your business. All right. That was the exercise part. On the, uh, I want to introduce something to you guys. Something that maybe, if you're, if you're a Mason, that maybe you've never heard of, and maybe you have. And that, that's the idea of Solomon's Wheel. And when I was, uh, when I first started attending these uh, masters and wardens retreats, way back in 2010, I was introduced to this. And Solomon's Wheel, all it is is, you know, it's a circle, it's a pie chart, and the pie chart is divided into seven different sections and the seven different sections are different areas of what I began to understand as lodge life, right? Because each lodge has to attend to each one of these seven aspects. And if you're not, you, this is how you can, you can troubleshoot. Okay. Why is lodge not functioning the way it is? Why aren't we getting, the attendance that we thought, why are we not enjoying ourselves, da, 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 da. So I believe somewhere on the internet, uh, you can find a PDF form. If you punch in Solomon's Wheel, Masonic, da, 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 you'll find it and you can see it for yourself. And I think it was like three pages and it was the initial, uh, concept, you know, initial efforts of Grand Lodge to try and begin to give other Masons from up and down the state of California in their lodges, a tool, some, some kind of tool that they can visualize, that they can see now and can keep them focused and, and go refer back to time and time again. But everybody knows if you are active in a lodge and if you attend for any amount of time, you're going to begin to see that lodges tend to just fall back into old habits. And an initial idea might start off as, as a great idea and you might start making progress to attaining and achieving that goal. But sooner or later, the lodge falls back into its old habits. They start getting caught up with, with stated meetings. They start getting caught up with just degrees and they forgot about the social aspect, the fellowship, you know, the, the part that, that when you ask them, <clears throat> well, why aren't you attending lodge? You know, uh, most of them, well, it wasn't fun anymore. It's just not fun. You know, it's, it just seems like so much work. <clears throat> now, a lot of it is, is uh, our fault. Uh, I can't say a lot. Some of it is our fault and some of it is on 
the part of the member saying that because you all have the ability to begin to help to make a difference and to begin to help to make the lodge experience what you expected it to be. So Solomon's Wheel, I'll be getting into that, you know, in, in different episodes. I just wanted to introduce that area of uh, or, or that tool that you can use. Now, the Grand Lodge of California, since 2010, 2009, and they've been having Masters and Wars retreats for many, many years before that. But since 2010, I want to say they've really picked up their game or we have because they sent out questionnaires asking us what we would like, what, what do we think, you know, masonry should be, what do we think uh, should ha be happening in a lodge, and how can we improve the, the membership experience? How can we improve the prospecting process and their experience? How can we improve the degree experience? How can we be, begin to improve the, the state of meeting dinner experience and the social, you know, the social hour and the fellowship time and festive boards and all this? So, so, and that came from us that, 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 that did not come like Grand Lodge was up there and the Grand Lodge officers sat in a, you know, in this dingy little room and, you know, very dimly lit and with cigars and whiskey and they were, okay, this is what we're going to do. No, it was, they, they sent out this questionnaire and, and thousands of master masons sent back their responses and they listened, you know, they, they said, Oh, this is what they're wanting. And now you combine that with the, the millennial list, Oh, books that just came out that that where I just where I interviewed Dago and Jerry L. Smith from the Southern California Research Lodge. And now you have this foundation, informational foundation, where you can begin to pick and choose from that list of 10 books to begin to feed the mind and the inquiring mind and the heart and soul of whether a veteran Mason or a new, newly made entered apprentice. There, there is information, guys, out there that is at our fingertips where it was done already for us, but you have to put in the work. I've said it before, and I'm going to keep saying it now. You got to put in the work. Just like I can't live for you in the gym, you got to come and do it yourself. Well, you can't do that I can't do that for you in the lodge room as well. I can't memorize the work for you. I can't do the floor work for you. I can, I can do my part. If I'm going to be the senior deacon, first, second, third degree, I prepare for my, my two, you know, first section, second section, and what I'm going to say and do, but I can't do it for you. I can encourage you. I can maybe have rehearsals with you. Uh, and, you know, showing up is, is part of the battle, but showing up prepared. You know, when I played, baseball and football and basketball, but mainly, mainly baseball, you can tell which guys were the ones who were constantly practicing, putting effort into it, concentrating, focusing, and working on the fundamentals. You can tell because that showed up during the game because you do it so much that after a while it's muscle memory. And now we can count on you because we see, not only did we see you out there on the field during practice, putting in the work, but, it showed up during the game and, and they combined the two. And it's the same thing in lodge. Every lodge officer out there, if you guys or, or every Mason out there, if you guys are complaining about shitty ass degree work, well, 
You know, look in the mirror. Did it start with you? Did you put in your work? And <clears throat> excuse me again. And then, you know, you take it down the line and become the example. Become the example of how uh, you're supposed to prepare throughout the week, throughout the month. And then when you guys have the actual live rehearsals with the rest of the brethren, uh, you, you show up prepared. You're, you're being the leader. You're being the example. And that's what we need more of. That's what we've been needing more of. I'm not the first guy saying this. This isn't the first time you heard it or the, you know, the first time that I said it. It's, it's, it's an ongoing process and we got to continue to sharpen the, the saw, right? We got to begin to, you know, iron sharpens iron. Sometimes things are going to get rough in the lodge. Sometimes things are going to get rough in your life. You don't want to go to weight lift. You don't want to go to exercise, but you keep coming back to that good habit and you keep coming back over and over and over again, because you know that the benefits far outweigh the, the small pain or the perceived pain that you're going to be going through. Uh, you, you know, when you go to the gym or when you open up the little cipher and you begin to find, you know, little pockets of time here and there. And that's that's really how you do it, guys. When it comes to ritual work. I found that the best way to memorize it is you find you create these little pockets of time. Because everybody's busy. I don't want to hear it no more. I'm busy. This, that everybody knows. It's how you handle the little pockets of time that we have throughout the day. Those five minutes, those 10 minutes, those 20 minutes. Can you imagine the difference it'll make in your lecture, in your memory work, if every day you were to spend 10, 15 minutes because you blocked off that time because you knew you had some privacy and, and you began to read it, even if you read it out loud so that you know, the muscle memory can kick in and stuff. Can you imagine the difference it'll make, especially when you've been doing that for five, 10 days in a row? Because you automatically are going to begin to memorize stuff because you're saying it out loud, you're reading it. So you got the visual and then you got the audible, right? And so you, you're, you're making these two things work at the same time. And that's what it takes. And so, you know, when, when you go to a lodge room, and when you go to a degree and you begin to see some pretty crappy degree work or some pretty awesome degree work, you're going to know those guys. Oh, those guys have been working. Oh, no, those guys didn't put it. You can tell they didn't put any time in. Poor candidate, right? Because it's the candidate who, who's receiving this degree and you're showing the candidate what it means. So that's my two cents on that part. And again, you know, Masonic muscle encompasses so much more. Uh, we, yeah, we, I'm going to get into more of our mysterious origins of, you know, the ritual, uh, history of the ritual, the history of Masonry and, and uh, certain symbols and what have you. And right now, a very important symbol is coming up because it's going to be the winter solstice. And within the winter solstice, there, there is there are books out there that get into Masonic astronomy, which is one of my favorite, you know, aspects of this. It's a theory, right? It's, has it been proven? Has it not been proven? Uh, you're dumb. There's nothing to do with astrology. I did not say astrology. I said astronomy, the hard science, the sun, moon, right? Stars, planets. And so these books, 
explain the correlations between what's happening in each first, second, and third degree and what's happening throughout the year. And here we are, December 21st is going to be the winter solstice. It's going to be the longest night of the year. Uh, we're going to be having, hopefully, at our lodge, a giant bonfire. We're going to have a winter solstice celebration. We are going to correlate it with Freemasonry up until where we can, right? We're not going to reveal any of the actual degree work. And we're going to share that with friends and family. We're going to have a feast. We're going to have music. We're going to have libations. We're going to have telescopes out there. And we're going to be practicing one of the seven liberal arts and sciences that we were commissioned to study. Because in the second degree, guys, staircase lecture, we are commissioned. We are admonished. We are encouraged to study the seven liberal arts and sciences. Three of them being grammar, logic, and rhetoric. And right now, more than any time ever that I can remember in my 49 years here on this rock, we need logic more than ever. We need to have some logical discussions, critical thinking, not fear-based. And so grammar, logic, and rhetoric being one of the seven liberal arts and sciences, astronomy being another of the liberal arts and sciences. Let's get out there. Let's get out there underneath the stars. Let's look up. Let's wonder once again. Let's use our imagination. What is out there? Why is this all out there? What does it all mean? All right. So this is Masonic Muscle. Strengthening your body, mind, and soul. Encouraging you to get out there. Take control of your fitness. Because that's the one thing we can do. Every single one of you can get out there and take control of your fitness. Eat better. Think better. Drink plenty of water. Take multivitamins. And on occasion, drink some tequila because that like tends to clean your insides too. All right. Until next time. See ya.